It's good to see you this morning. You know what's kind of cool getting to sit up front is when you can hear the singing coming from behind you as well as from in front of you. Good to hear your voices this morning. Nice job. So I want you to be real conscious in this moment of how you feel right here. Okay? Just, just think about your, your insides of your chest right now. Are you walking in right now and, and just kind of going, ah, nice to be here. I finally here. Are you walking in right now and going, I got so much to do today. Ah, and you, you got that tight as a drum feeling. What's going on right here? What's going on here? 
You, you see, we, we should have already, if we're, if we're practicing this day of stopping well, we should have already been starting to prepare for today, last night, and starting to get our minds and our hearts into walking into here right now. This is supposed to be a day of slowing down. Unlike all the other days where we're rushing and busy and going all the time, we just we shift down the gears. We slow down. And so part of our slowing this morning is we're actually going to start with communion. We're going to start with this, this moment of quietness in the presence of God. We read in the Bible that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and the cup from a common meal, and he made them holy. Remember we talked about that last week? Making something holy doesn't only have to do with it being sinless. It has to do with making it special, giving it a special designation, a a purpose that is above and beyond the other. And so now what was a common piece of bread and a common cup became the representation of the broken body and spilled blood of Jesus. And he said, every time you do this, I want you to remember me. And so this morning as we enter into this time of, of celebrating what Jesus did for us, I just want you to do it slowly. Take some time to think about what's happening in this moment. We'll be singing a song that talks about the cares that we have in our life, uh, the, the issues that, that God will, will carry along. We need him to do that for us. We carry some heavy stuff sometimes when we walk into this place and when we walk out. So um, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to start singing. The bread and cup will come to you. And when you're ready, when you're, when you're slow enough, take communion. Father God, I thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus for our sins. And I pray that we will be slow enough today to appreciate the full value of that sacrifice, everything you did for us, so that we can have eternal life and we can have a better life here. Thank you again, Jesus, for loving us that much. In your name, amen. In the middle of the 
when strength is gone in the middle of the fire when fear is closing and you are you are my song you're my hope when hope is gone so i will cast my cares on you the almighty So please take communion and then join me and stand as we sing Oceans. You are my 
Father. The words couldn't get any better in this song, Lord. Lead us where our trust is without borders. Let us walk upon the waters wherever you would call us. Take us deeper than our feet could ever wander. And our faith will be made stronger in the presence of our Savior. Lord, we know that you're with us. And sometimes you've called some of us, Father, to places where we could fail. But we could fail without you. But with you, we know that we won't sink as long as we keep our eyes on you. We worship you this morning, Lord. Speak to our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. So as you walked in today, you received a folder. The inside has a few things. Uh, It has an offering envelope for you. And you notice on the offering envelope a place to check off for both general giving as well as that building fund giving. Perhaps you're gearing up toward December 8th. And we'll talk about that toward the end. But you're gearing up toward that special offering we're going to have. And you're thinking, I just need to get this out of my hands right now. Or I'm going to spend it or do something. You can go ahead and put it in there uh, under building building fund. And you might want to just put December December 8th after it or something. So that we're aware of that's that's what you're doing. You also found a little card in there today. That little the little card with the prayer chairs on it. That again, remind a reminder of the 11-week challenge we're in right now. And then your normal card that you have the chance to put your name on. And what I want you to do is put your name on it. And then from there, keep it with you throughout our time of teaching today. Because today we're going to be talking about things in our life that need to stop on a day of stopping. And so as we're talking this morning, uh, between what's being said and what the Spirit's saying to you, I'd like you to be able to walk away from today putting at least one thing in that blank box in the box in the back. One thing that you say, you know what? I'm realizing that this is something that needs to stop on our day of stopping. It's something that we need to not do. So just have that close by and and be ready to write at least one thing in that box sometime during our teaching this morning. I want to talk as we get going about just kind of the the series we're in and the process we're going through and and what this has been like. You know, it's funny, sometimes... um, Sometimes a series will, will have a tendency to, to spark an interesting nerve. It gets people thinking, thinking about the way they're living their life and what's going on. And, and, and this has been one of those already. That you can tell people are kind of going, oh, man, I, I, got, I really have to look at the way I've been using that one day a week that God said, I'm supposed to be putting this aside for rest and reflection. How am I using that? And, you know, one of the things that's kind of funny is I've been thinking in light of some of your reactions that we may want to put one of these in the new building. Uh, for those of you that weren't Catholic, this is not a photo booth. Uh, this is a good old-fashioned confessional. Lately, I feel a little bit like a priest. Because y'all on Sundays are coming up to me and like, yeah, I got to go work. And the head goes low. And, and the kind of this, you know, oh, no, I got to do this or I got to do that. And, and it's just kind of funny, really. You know, I don't do confessions. Uh, talk to God. But, you know, some people are expressing some guilt. And what I'm hopeful will happen is you can move away from guilt, not just because you squashed it, but because you're starting to say, okay, we're going to make some adjustments in our lives. We're going to make some changes on this particular day. Others are finding themselves just expressing some, some relief. Had somebody last week who I talked to on Monday and said, you know, we had this long list of stuff that we were going to do around the house. And we got home and we just said, you know what? Today, we're going to stop. The list will be there tomorrow. Today, we're going to stop. It took a long walk. And they said it was just a relief to have a day where we actually hit the pause button and just enjoyed the day. 
Others are expressing a, a sense of, of optimism. You know, thing, changes haven't happened yet, but they're saying, I can see how this could be a real difference maker in my life and in the life of my family. So that's, that's pretty cool. Now, this series goes on for nine weeks. We've knocked off two. We're in week three. And there's a reason for that. Uh, if we just talked about this for a couple of weeks and we were done we wouldn't have enough time to really work on changing the habits that we need to change. We've used the word a couple of times, reorientation. Our lives need to be reoriented. Reoriented around a particular day and about the God of that day. And so it's going to be a process for a lot of us of trying to figure out how are we going to go about creating a meaningful day of stopping. You know, for some of you, you're, you're in a season right now. You've already figured out your activities for the next 10 uh, days of stopping. You're like, I, I just can't stop right now. I mean, I, I, this, and so it's going to take some time to adjust. For me, I think about this series. It's a lot like when we talk about tithing. For a lot of people, they can't just put on the brakes and say, boom, I'm going to shift right away because they have, they have bills and they have debts that, that they, have to get, they have to get their house in order. Today, we're not talking about financial stewardship. We're talking about time stewardship. Are you using your time the way God intends you to use it? And, and for some of us, it's going to take more than one or two weeks to get back into a good pattern, the kind of pattern that God intends. You know, for most of us, what it's going to come down to is we have some steps that we need to take. We talk a lot about next steps around here. A step is not 20 miles. Boom. And you're 20 miles ahead. A step is just a couple of feet. And what we all need to do is take a couple feet this week and a couple feet next week, and we keep moving in the right direction. So it's been fun. It's been, it's been really fun uh, getting into this. I want to return to this core passage of, of the whole topic. It's found in Genesis 2, starting in verse 1, where it says, So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was a day when he rested from all his other work. Now, I want you to think about this for just a moment. The Bible is only into its second chapter, and for the first time in the Bible, something is declared holy. For the first time. And that first thing that's declared holy is not an animal. It's not a person. The first thing that's declared holy is a day, a day set apart for God. We talked about that definition of holiness last week. It's two-pronged. Holiness, on one hand, means sinless. God is holy in that he is without sin. But there's this other side that holy means it's something special, set apart for a designated purpose, unlike the others. The other six days of the week are ordinary. This day of the week is extraordinary. It's special. It's different. It's a cut above all the others. I mentioned to you last week that I appreciate the work of Peter Cesaro. He's a, he's a pastor in New York City, and he's done a lot of work in this area of, of the Sabbath in particular. He, he recognized in his own life that, that his habits were just doing great damage to his soul. And he needed to figure out a way to, to move away from his addiction of approval and constant work and all that he was doing and learn how to just really enjoy a relationship with God. He's done some great work on the Sabbath, and, and in talking about that, he stresses four elements of a great Sabbath, four elements of a day of stopping. And here they are. It is stop, rest, delight, and contemplate. 
Stop, rest, delight, and contemplate. These are the four basic elements of any day of stopping, a legitimate day of stopping. And, and what you see right now is the outline of the next four weeks, this week and the, and the following three. This is what we'll be focusing on. What does it mean to stop? How do we go about the process of, of delighting in God? So we'll be looking at these, and today we're going to start with that first word. A day of stopping is a day that we stop, quite obvious. We've been referring to the Sabbath as a day of stopping. I love that term much better. It just It's very definitive. I mean, we hear it and we know that's what we're supposed to do. There are certain activities that we need to stop. The main activity that needs to cease is work. I mean, that's what the verse said, right? God ceased from his work. God created humans to live in a rhythm, a rhythm that is a reflection of our creator, a rhythm of work. And then rest. If you look with me at the book of Leviticus, chapter 23. When's the last time you looked at the book of Leviticus? Probably been a bit, all right? 23.3 says, you have six days each week for your ordinary work. There's that word, ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of complete rest, an official day for holy assembly. That's what we're doing here today, getting together. It is the, it is the Lord's Sabbath day and must be observed wherever you live go into the book of Exodus, and we see this about the Sabbath. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But on the seventh day, you must stop working, even during seasons of plowing and harvest. Uh, and, and that's what many of the people did. They were farmers. He said, even in those seasons, you need that day of rest. So we have six days of work, one day of rest. Six days of work, one day of rest. Six days of work, one day of rest. Are you catching the rhythm of that? Six, one, six, one. It is a rhythm. It is a sacred rhythm. And sadly, most of us have lost the beat. We've just lost the beat. We're out of tempo. We've missed it. We do work, 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 stop for half a day. Work, 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 stop maybe for an hour. Work, 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 heart attack, three months in St. Joe's. You know, that's the routine that we do these days. Ironically, we Americans theoretically take two days off, not just one. We count five days work, two days rest. But what it really looks like is five days of work, And two days of a different kind of work. Or five days of work and two days of catching up on everything we didn't do while we were working. Or five days of work and two days of overtime. Or five days of work and two days of leisure. Which we're going to see is not necessarily the kind of rest that God prescribes. We said it already. Sabbath means to cease. It means to stop. It was designated to be a 24-hour period of the week. Now I'm just bunny trail for a moment on on that point. In the Western world, in America, in the Western world, we think a day starts when the sun comes up. It's a new day. The sun is rising. And we talk about the day ending when the sun sets. I mean, granted, we understand there's dark time. We get that. That's part of the day, too. But we think in terms of a day starting with the sun and ending with the sun setting. Jews marked a day very differently, and their view is based on several verses that you may have just, you may have read, you know the contents, but you've skimmed over a part of this verse. You didn't ponder it very deeply. You find it in the creation account in Genesis chapter 1. In each of the seven days of creation, there's a little summary line at the end of the day. 
And I'm going to give it to you the way I heard it as a kid in the King James Version of the Bible, okay? It said, God called, this is for the first day, God called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day. Now, I got to admit to you, I'm a little kid. I'm reading this verse and I'm going, that's messed up. It's supposed to be the morning and the evening were the first day. What's this evening and the morning were the first day thing? That doesn't make sense. They they got it wrong. But you see, the Bible got it absolutely right. Our day doesn't start with getting out of bed and going to work. Our day starts with going to bed and getting rest. Our day starts with actually saying, I am going to now, God, place myself in your trustworthy hands. For the next five, six, seven, eight hours, I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to go to sleep. And I'm going to trust you enough to believe that you can keep the world running without me. And so I'm going to just go ahead right now and let go and be quiet and get rested for the rest of the day that you have before me. You see, a Sabbath is actually marked from sunset to sunset. So when a Jewish family practices a Sabbath, they start as the sun is going down. And it lasts all the way through that 24-hour period. Now, in a few weeks, we're going to talk about how to design a day of stopping. But for now, I just need to say this. The idea of starting in the evening and going to the evening has really been liberating for me in a lot of ways. I mean, if you're able to take your Sabbath on Sunday, a lot of people are able to do that. I kind of work. But if, if, if you... <laughs> If your Sabbath is Sunday, here's what's cool about starting at sunset. You are already getting some rest. You're already getting ready for what we're doing right now. Uh, It's funny to watch the Sunday morning nappers. Why do Sunday morning nappers happen? Because we stay up till 3.30 in the morning thinking that we'll actually be able to sit through a half-hour sermon and be okay doesn't work that way. When we view, when we look instead as evening to evening, now I'm using the night before as a chance to start to get my heart prepared for what's coming the next day. And here's the cool part. A lot of times we have to get our hearts prepared for Monday too. We have to get ready for Monday. When you do the morning to night thing, then you're feeling guilty. Ah, oh, shoot, I had to get some things done before work. And before you know it, you're entering the work week kind of frazzled. But instead, you're able to say, the sun is set. My day of stopping is over. I've stopped for 24 hours. Now I can get things in order for the following day. So again, just a, a bunny trail. Let's get, let's get back to the concept of, of stopping. What do we need to stop? What needs to stop on a day of stopping? Well, the most obvious thing we saw out there in Scripture, we need to stop working. Remember the sacred rhythm of creation. Six days of work. One day of rest. Six, one, six, one. The seventh day is different from the other six. It's The six days are work days. The seventh day is a rest day. The six days are ordinary days. The seventh day is a special day, a holy day, a day that is cut above. When we stop our work, we're imitating God. We're actually, we are actually allowing God's character to shine through, through, us, through us because we're doing exactly what God did when he had work. 
We're called to a rhythm, a rhythm of work and rest. A day of stopping is essential. It's absolutely essential for balanced spiritual formation. It's hard to become everything Christ wants us to be if we ignore this day of stopping. We need to stop work. Now, I don't want to blabber the point. You're like, yeah, okay, I get it. You're going to kill me with this thing? Okay, no. You understand we've got to stop working. But, but, but here's the thing. The idea of stopping working begs the question, what's work? What's work? How do we decide? How do we determine what's work and what's not? So let's start with the obvious. The most obvious form of work is anything that's gainful employment. If I'm making a buck, if I'm getting a chicken, whatever you're getting for your work in trade, if I'm getting something for what I just did, I'm working. And God says one day a week, I want, I want you to believe that I can provide for your needs. One day a week, I want you to trust me enough that you can say, I don't have to work seven days a week. One day a week, I'm going to lay myself in in the hands of God. So at least one day a week, we need to push away the factory, the business, the organization, the school, the team, the truck, the store, the restaurant, the field, the barn, the union hall, the home office. We need to push away the taskmaster. I got to tell you what. Having a home office, it's tough to push it away. I want to put a padlock on that thing once a week because it's easy to just, I'll be down there for five minutes and four hours later, what's happened here? We need to push it away. Why? Two reasons. Well, one, we need rest. You may not believe it. You need rest. You need to recharge. I could put before you countless productivity studies this morning that in time tell us that if we keep pushing and pushing and pushing without a break, a law of diminishing returns sets in. Before you know it, there's a tipping point where more effort actually becomes less productive. We get tired both mentally and physically. And when we get too tired, we do not work well. I don't know if this happens to you. It happens to me. Sometimes I'm just stuck. I'm working on a, on a project and it's like, um, I'm thinking hard and trying to make it work and it's just, it's just not budging. I can't get through it. And I'll just, I'll push it away for a little while. I'll just push it away. And then I come back to it a while later and boom, the answer is obvious and clear and right there. What happened? There came a point that, that it just wasn't going to happen. The break, the rest actually paid off. We need that. God wants to build that into our lives. Work is good. But we must all remember that we are humans. We're not machines. God didn't make you to be a machine to just push things out. There is more in life than simply labor. One day a week that we need, we need to be reminded that I am not a slave. I'm a son of God. I, I'm not just a chore doer. I'm a, I'm a child of the king. You know, my life, my life is not just being a doer. I'm, I'm, I'm a daughter of the almighty God. We need that day a week that we stop doing and we just be. We just be in the presence of God. Now remember when we talked about uh, the grace-based Sabbath versus the law-based Sabbath. We talked about that concept. For most of us, uh, Sunday is a pretty natural Sabbath day. It's a pretty natural day of stopping. It works for us. It's a day that the company or the organization is not in operation. It's also a day that we meet for worship, and so that fits in. I mean, we saw in Leviticus that idea, a day for holy assembly. Uh, but, But honestly, there are some of us for whom Sunday is a day of work, and we have no choice. Nurses and firefighters, police officers, yeah, even pastors, they they work on this day. So so under that grace-based idea, it's not so much that it has to be this day, but there has to be a day. 
There has to be a day that I push away my work and I pull closer to God. Because remember, it's not just about a day of taking a big nap. It's also a day to focus on God, to delight in him, to contemplate on what he's done in my life. While all of us may not be able to take the same day, everyone needs to take a day, a day of rest, a day of no work, a day that is holy, a day that is dedicated to the Lord. So let's drill down into this a little bit. Overtime. One day a week, I need to say no. And I know that's tough because it's like, you know, double the pay. And, and my goodness, this is, this is great. And the boss is asking me to do this. One day a week, I've got to say, I need rest. I remember seasons in my own dad's life when, you know, he, the overtime would be coming. The first week it worked well and the second week it was going okay. And by the third week, the man was a blurry-eyed zombie. He needed rest. He needed a break. It's about more than just pulling in money. It's about actually being a healthy human being and someone who is actually able to enjoy the presence of God. Now, we recognize everyone's going to go through seasons of busyness. Although it's funny, that Leviticus passage acknowledged, even in the times of harvest, even in the times of planting, there still needs to be the rest. But nonetheless, we will go through busy seasons. I mean, accountants are pretty busy from January to April. That's kind of the way it works for them. Um, you may have a project that's really ramped up at work right now, and you're like, man, I've got to keep busting on this. Seasons will happen, but here's the thing. You need to ask yourself an honest question. Is your life just a series of endless seasons? Season after season after season, you're using the season as the excuse for why you're not doing what God called you to do. There are seasons and then there are excuses. And we've got to be careful that we're not calling what is truly an excuse just a season. We need to work on taking a break. I really do believe that in modern life, far too many of us are afraid to tell our boss no. And I know, you're like, hey, post-2008, you tell your boss yes to anything. We've got to have points that we say, I can't work today. Today, I'm not a machine. Today, I'm not just a cog in your dream machine. Today, I need a chance to rest and to get into the presence of God. You know, every non-pastoring job I held, in the interview process, I made this clear. I don't do Sunday. I don't do Sunday. Every sports team our kids were on, we don't do Sunday. We let it known up front. And you know what? Still got the job. Still got to be on the team. But we've got to say up front, this is a day that is holy and special, dedicated to the Lord our God, and dedicated to rest. We need that. You see, here's the truth. We need to talk about our kids too. Our kids need a break from work. Our kids have become little machines. They're working all the time. Now, they may not work for a paycheck. What are they working for? A grade or a potential scholarship or a spot on a team. Bottom line, they're earning something. And one day a week, you need to let your kid be a kid. One day a week, they need a chance to breathe. One day a week, they need rest too. Anything that involves earning, whether money or grades, advancement or future potential, needs to be put away on the Sabbath. So, money or earning defines work. But, but honestly, there are forms of work that do not involve money, like chores. Chores are work, and I don't get paid. I, I do it, and I, I go to Kim. I'm like, where's my check? What are you talking about? Just do your job. Get, do the work. Get it done. Just get it done. Chores have to be done. Too often in our lives, we just feel like walking to-do lists. And one day, we need to stop doing and just be. Now, this is where that whole idea of a 
grace-based Sabbath versus a law-based Sabbath gets really tricky because one person's work is another person's source of refreshment. There's something that I do that I love that you go, how can you stand doing that? And there are a few things you do that I have the exact same reaction. Physically, mentally, emotionally, there are things that leave us empty. They leave us drained. Now, I got to admit to you, for me, cutting the lawn, landscaping, gardening, all those things are really refreshing. They, they energize me, and I love doing it. It's not work for me, but it might be draining for you. And so we need to ask ourselves some simple questions, two questions, as we're approaching this definition of work. The questions are, does this activity deplete my energy? Is what I'm doing right now draining me? But don't just end there, because some people will say, well, no, I feel energized. It's great. I love doing this. The second part of of a day of stopping is, does this activity distract me from focusing on God? This day is twofold. It's not just about not working. It's a day about focusing on God in my life. So any activity that doesn't involve earning, I need to be asking the question, is this energizing me or is this depleting me? And is it pulling my attention away from God or drawing my attention toward God? Now, for me, I, you know, I already said the whole idea of gardening, I, that, the past three years of working the dirt out on that land has been refreshing. It's been a sanctuary. And I'm going to be honest, it is an act of worship for me. I mean, I'm out there just really enjoying the day. But I drew some lines, some lines that I said, I'm going to make sure that this is refreshing and it truly is drawing me to God. So on on my Sabbath, I don't pull weeds. And I go and I look and I go, there are weeds. They need to be done. I'll do them tomorrow. And they go, that's kind of weird. No, it's it's my way of reminding me that one day a week, I'm not going to fight the battle with the thorns and the thistles. One, I'll go, I'll go pick food. I'll water if I want to. I'll do all that stuff. But one day a week, I'm leaving the weeds alone. And maybe there's some part of that in, in the thing that you enjoy that you can say, there's something I'm going to make even this form of, you might call it work, this chore, unique and, and really set apart and holy and different. Uh, cooking is another area where uh, some people just love it. It's energizing. They find it creative and refreshing. And others of you, the idea of another meal, oh my gosh. Number 16, McDonald's fish filet. Let's go. I'm done. You know, you're just, you're sick of it. So what's the answer? Well, for those of you for whom it's a chore, this needs to become your best friend. This is chili. Are you catching it yet? Is it coming? You know, I forgot our crock pot this morning. I was going to bring it. And then Katie's walking up to church with her crock pot. And I said, do you mind if I bring that up? And I just have to have it cooking. It's fantastic. Anybody want a bowl? This Was it supposed to be on low or high? Okay, good. Well, we got it right. <laughs> It's just smelling great. But, you know, last Sunday, Kim made a meal the night before. She made it Saturday night. Got it all, got it all together. And it was the coolest thing. Every one of us, when we walked into the house on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, we all went, oh, that smells so good. That just smells so good. And the work was done. So for those of you for whom cooking is a chore, hey, make this your best friend. For those of you for whom it's a delight and you get energized by it, 
Cook for that person on their day of stopping. Do something different and unique and special. Do you see how the grace-based peace enters in? I could make it really easy today and just hand you a list and say, you're not allowed to do these things. And they're all the things I hate. And you have to do these things. And they're all the things I love. Or I could say, you really need to work this out in your relationship with God. But bottom line, there are things that need to stop on your day of stopping. So make sure you, make sure you stop. One of the other areas that we really need to think thoughtfully, and this one's kind of tough, is who else do we make work on the day of stopping? Uh, Who else are we for? When we decide we're going to go do commerce on Sunday, and we've decided that's our day of stopping, we're making someone else work. Uh, You got the notice this past week that Macy's is going to be open on Thanksgiving Day. And you know, it would be real easy to say, greedy corporations, they're only out for a buck. Uh, The doors are open. They don't just open them for the fun of it. They open them because people walk in. Because, you know, you can pick it. You could do a Facebook page. You can do whatever you want about this. I would encourage you to match your beliefs with your actions and say, I'm just not going to go. One day a year, a family needs a break. They need to be together. But we need to think through. Now, I know we live in a secular society, and so it makes it awkward. Some people are going to work no matter what. But what if people of belief actually put action behind their beliefs and said, hey, I'm just going to push away from doing commerce this one day a week. Would that make enough of an impact that corporations would say, it's not worth us being open today? Is it possible that if enough of us did that with our sports teams, sports teams might actually start saying, maybe it's not worth it to play on this day? Instead of us all just capitulating to what the culture is saying we should do. What I'm suggesting here is not that everybody stop shopping today. I'm suggesting that we live thoughtfully. I'm suggesting that we think about the fact that there's someone else right now that's slaving so that I can rest. We need to think through that and, and, and gain some convictions on that. Think through the pieces. Um, so one more piece on work. And that involves here. Because it's so funny. When we have a series like this, I've talked to other pastors. You talk about a Sabbath. You talk about a day of stopping. And people don't apply it in any place except one. Church. All of a sudden they say, well, I can't serve on Sundays. I'm done. I I need my rest. This place is draining me out. History channel. Woo! And besides, now I could go work if I don't serve here. Um, So what's that about? Well, let's face it. God said what? It's a day not only for rest, but a day for a holy assembly. And anytime there's a holy assembly, someone's going to have to organize the thing, right? What we're doing on Sundays is not a sin. What we're doing on Sundays is serving. And what you always have to be doing if you're one of the people serving is testing your heart and asking yourself the question, is this truly coming from a place of serving or has it just become drudgery and work? And because, see, we talked about this before. Serving is not about the job you're doing for God. Serving is about the job God is doing on us. It's amazing how when we serve, if you're a person who serves because you like to get a lot of thank yous and you're not getting a lot of thank yous, and all of a sudden you're finding yourself saying, man, nobody, nobody's grateful for me around here. That's it. I quit. But why were you serving in the first place? Were you serving to serve or were you serving for a gold star? And so it draws something out in us and tells us what's, what's really going on inside of us. We, we'll need to take some time to ask ourselves the question, you know, how does this fit into my day of stopping? One of the things, I mean, obviously, I work on Sunday. 
And so it's hard for me to say, this is my Sabbath. So what I have to do, I have to make up some time somewhere else. If, if serving is intense, you may need to have a few hours on another day that makes up for the time here. But all these things to say, God wants us to find a day that we actually come to a place of stopping. Absolutely stopping. So we need to stop working. That's important. Every one of us needs to stop working. Two other things we need to stop doing on a Sabbath. We need to stop to experience grace. We need a day that we just stop to experience the grace of God. Uh, For a lot of us, our wiring, you remember the two sisters in the Bible, Mary and Martha, were Martha's. We do and do and do and do and do. And honestly, if we're not doing something, our skin is itching off our body. We're just like... I got to do something. We'll be at a, a person's house where a guest for the first time and pulling out the vacuum. Here, let me get under your bed. Because you just got to do something. Can you have one day that you just stop long enough to say, I'm just going to experience God's grace? Because, see, for a lot of us, our doing is about trying to earn something, earn the favor of another person, earn the favor of God. We need to stop long enough to say, my life is about God pouring out his grace on me. And so I'm going to stop on Sunday and intentionally enjoy the grace that is poured out on me. It's going to be a day that I'm going to say, my love, God, your love for me is based not on what I do. Your love for me is based on the fact that you simply love me. You love me for being me. So it needs to be a day that we stop to Uh, enjoy grace, it also needs to be a day that we stop to embrace our limits. This is a tough one for some of us. We don't like to admit that we can't do it all. We don't don't like that. We want to believe that, that this universe, the day we die, the earth will jolt. You know, because what will what will we do without him? How will the world exist without her? And it's amazing. It's the old put your hand in water and pull it out. What happens? Boom goes back to the way it was. We need a day that we say, uh, I actually have limits. I can't do it all. I remember early on in pastoring, one of my early revelations was my job is never done. It's just never, ever, ever, ever done. I never get to put a product on the the counter and go, boom, there, take it. I'm done. So even a sermon, I'd be working on it and working on it and working on it. And literally be like 10 minutes before I need to walk out of my office. I'm like, well, that line could be better. Oh, oh, here's a good illustration. I'm like, uh, can we just do this one next week? I, no, it, there's got to come a point that you just say, it's done. Here it is. Here you go. People's needs are never done. There's always someone else that needs something. Do we view ourselves as the person that will fill all the needs of the universe? Or will we come to a point that we realize that, yeah, we actually are dispensable? Sabbath reminds me that God is God and I am not. It reminds me that God is running the world and I am not. And so one day a week, I pull back enough to embrace the fact that I have limits, limits put on me by my humanity. I can't do it all. The great quote, a man named Leonard Dohan who wrote, to fail to see the value of doing nothing is to miss the heart of Christianity. You might want to take that and chew on it all week long. Can you actually just be in the presence of God and that's okay? Or do you have to perform? Do you have to do something to try to make God happy with you? Can you be like a little kid that's just in the room having a great time instead of the person that's always pushing and doing and trying to bring a smile 
to someone else's face. Sabbath is a, a structure to build doing nothing into our schedules. And again, for some of you, you hear that and you just go, that's unimaginable. I can't imagine scheduling a day of saying, I'm doing nothing today. But that's what the day is about. We need to stop. We need to stop. Surrender to the fact that I'm never done. The fact that I'm God, not God. The fact that if he tells me to do something, like take a day away, he knows what's best for me, and so I'm going to go along with what he desires. So let's talk homework now, and our homework is going to be related to stopping. Uh, Brian's going to be passing out some worksheets for you right now to be able to work through this. Last week we said there are three questions every one of us are going to have to answer if we're going to have a legitimate day of stopping. What will I stop doing? What will I start doing? And what will we continue doing? What's going to happen on this particular day? You're going to receive a worksheet that is going to just focus on the first one. It's going to focus on the stopping. And the question is this, what work needs to stop on my day of stopping? What's the work that I as an individual and our family will agree, this is going to be something we're not going to do anymore? We're going to stop in this particular area. So taking that question, we've drawn it out for your, for your entire family. What work and activity needs to stop on your day of stopping? And then we just break it down. What work or activity do I need to stop doing? What work or activity does my spouse need to stop doing? What work or activity do my kids need to stop doing? And then we put it collectively, what work or activity does our family need to stop doing? Now, this isn't a chance for you to get your way. Well, I never liked doing that anyway. I'm putting it on her stop list. That's it. Woo, done. Stop that. Just stop. Okay, let's not, let's not use God as a manipulative tool to get our way in our marriages, all right? Ugh. Bottom questions. Does this activity deplete my energy? Does this activity deplete our energy? Got to ask that piece. And the second part, does this activity distract me from focusing on God? Does this activity distract us from focusing on God? Those are the standards that determine what needs to stop. And can I say, focus on the second question, not just the first. Because it's easy to think of the things that drain us, but we need to think about the other half. What are the things that are pulling my eyes away from the Almighty? What are the things that are causing me to live like a camel in a spiritual desert, and every once in a while I get a taste of God, and then I go for another two months without Him? We need these regular times of coming into God's presence. So... Start to work through that. Just start to, start to think through it. Here's the way I would do it. I'd think through these on your own and then come together with your spouse or come together with your whole family and start talking through this. See which ones pop up commonly. And again, remember, nowhere else, I mean, the family is going to expose this. One person's work is another person's source of joy. How are we going to work through that in a way that we actually enjoy a day of stopping? And it doesn't end up being one person gets to stop and the other person gets to take care of everybody else. So think through that. What needs to stop? It's probably one of the most fundamental questions of this entire series. On your day of stopping, what will cease? What are you going to quit doing? Let's talk to God for a moment. God, as we take this uh, homework with us today, I pray that you'll help us to take the question very seriously. Help us to think through 
uh, the areas in our life that we've just been going mindlessly. Help us to be challenged, not just by the, the words of a sermon, but by your spirit. And to hear your spirit uh, speaking into our lives, we, we wonder why we're exhausted. We wonder why we're drained. We wonder why we're just fragmented and depleted. And you give us the answer and we go, yeah, it's not that. It is that. And so I pray that you will help us to live thoughtfully and to follow you completely so that we can experience the fullness of life that you intended for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Servers are coming to collect the offering, and as they do, make sure you put your card in there today. That's, that's an important piece of what we're doing today. Um, your folder includes several activities that are coming up this coming week, including a uh, a, a concert that will be coming soon and a, a prayer breakfast that is going to be happening Saturday. Friday and Saturday we're going to continue actually the final stage, we believe, of, of getting the, the trees cleared and, and getting things moved off of our land to be able to go ahead and, and get that building process going. You also see at the bottom in red letters, this is the last day to do the early bird registration for the women's retreat that's coming up in a few weeks. So make sure you do that. Get on the website if, if you haven't done that, if you haven't done that already. So... Um, give you a little update of what's going on building-wise. We, we had the zoning meeting. That went very well. And then uh, late last week, we had a call from the village administrator to say that the engineering department hadn't, hadn't had a chance yet to look at our plans. So the village hall meeting, village board meeting that was supposed to happen tomorrow night is going to be pushed off for two weeks. So November 4th will be the day, hopefully, that they'll go ahead and see that and make the decision and give us the, the permission to, to move forward. Um, and, you know, you look at something like that, and you're like, oh, it's a disappointment. We wanted to get moving. I, I'm trying to look at these things along the way and kind of say, hey, got delayed for two weeks for a reason. God's in charge of it all. You know, it's going to be his building, his place, his deal. So let's just let God do what God wants to do and smile, and, and we're going to keep plowing. It gives us a little more time to clear those trees in a way that's not quite so... Uh, maniac style. So avoid the temptation to go out there today and cut them. So anyway, um, I want to remind you again of the card and the 11-week challenge we're in. Uh, just keep taking those questions and allowing God's Spirit to prompt you on them. How can I earn some extra money? What income can I go without? What can I sell? What expenses can I eliminate? Who can I recruit to join me? Allowing those questions to work on our hearts and minds as we think about what is the offering that we will bring on December 8th, that one-time offering to, to go ahead and add to what that 11 families already did in terms of the $70,000 that they've committed to that day. So uh, it's going to be a great day of celebration. We'll be talking more in the next few weeks about what that day will look like. We're going to try to make it a really uh, special, unique day that we get a chance to celebrate the way God has moved in our hearts. But but keep praying through that and asking, God, what, what can we do in order to really honor you through this offering? Let's go ahead and stand, and we're going to pray as we leave this morning. Father God, as we walk out of this place today, um, help us to hear the word stop a lot today. To think about what we're doing why we're doing it. Sometimes we act like we just have no choice. And the fact is we do. 
we say we don't have a choice because, well, that's a nice way of pushing off responsibility on someone else, but we're the ones that get to live our lives. Help us to make good choices. To find that day that we rest, we stop. Not only stop doing our work, but stop to pay attention to you. Let this be a slower week. One where our minds really get to be focused on you, stayed on you like your word says. We love you, God. I pray that we wouldn't live our lives so fast that we forget you. That we wouldn't wake up one day and a couple decades have passed and we go, man, what was I doing? What was I thinking? Help us to do the right thing now, today. So that we can experience the fullness of life that you designed for us from the start. In Jesus' name, amen. Enjoy your morning. The, the dream video will play in a moment. If you haven't watched in a while, go ahead and catch it.